America has nearly a million good cops, 700,000 if you add them all up. Great men, great women, and they're doing a great job. And back when America was truly great, we were not afraid to celebrate that. Who remembers Hill Street Blues, one of the greatest shows ever on television? Wow, in the mean streets of Chicago, this was a gritty, realistic look at law enforcement in the 80s. And you know what? Yeah, they didn't skip over the bad stuff. These cops were human beings. They did heroic things. Sometimes they screwed up. We learned all about that guy's dating life. Uh, we had the, uh, the old timer in the squad room cheering everybody on. This was good stuff. The whole family could like it. And oh, by the way, uh, diverse cast. And they talked about issues. I love this show. And now a show like this is about as foreign as they come. Because you wouldn't see any shows like this greenlit for a long, long time. America loves cops, and America used to love cop shows. They're going away. Who remembers over the years? What do we have? Uh, yeah, Starsky and Hutch. Those guys could be brutal, though. Uh, a whole bunch of them. Over the years, we love these shows because America loves cops. We know that they are there for us. Like any business, like any profession, there are going to be some bad ones. But everybody seems to have been brainwashed about what they do for the community. A year of normalized violence has turned public opinion, for the most part, certainly media opinion, against cops. Every night, every day, we are told about the cops' latest mistake. And it may or may not have been a mistake. They're taking little tidbits and exaggerating them, sensationalizing them. And this is apart from George Floyd. They're looking for the latest incident that they can magnify, that they can hype. And you know what? There are a lot of lawyers out there trying to make money off this because there's big money to be made. Where does this leave cops? After they've been stigmatized, after they've been demonized, what is it like for them on the streets right now? Take a look at what should be a routine traffic stop in Los Angeles County. Actually, this is kind of routine in a way. Speed limit is 40, and I was going 38, so why are you harassing me? You are me? correct. I pulled you over because... because you're a murderer. Because uh, yes, I started to record because you can't you're a murderer. Be a, you can't be on your cell I, phone I while you're driving. I was on my phone. I was recording you because you scared you can't, me. You can't use your cell I phone while you're recording. I can record you. May I have your driver's license? I, it's, it's at my apartment. What's your apartment? It's at my home. I'm just taking my son to his... Do you, have, a, do you have your driver's license? I, it, I mistakenly left it at home. Called him a murderer a couple of times. At that point, if I'm the cop, ma'am, step out of the car. <laughs> you're going downtown. Good thing I'm not a cop. What happened next? And so you're giving me a cell phone ticket? Is that why you're harassing me? Not harassment. Yeah. I, I am enforcing the law. I have a right to record the police when they're harassing me. By all means, but you can't do it while you're driving. I was, I can, I wasn't, doesn't texting or none of that. Do you have, and you, have that you picture? scared me and made me think you were going to murder me. Okay, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. Well, you're, that's not just a feeling. You're a murderer. Okay. You're a murderer. Now, this is a terrible person, I think, who's been pulled over, but maybe she's just listening to all the fake news, all the hype, all the left-wing nonsense. There's more. Can you zoom in on that for me, Sure. Jay? Thank you. And I'm perfectly legal, and I'm a teacher. So oh. there. Congratulations. Murderer. You're a murderer. What's your last name? I can't see that there. Well, if here you, you stop, go, stop murderer. Stop shaking. 
Zoom in on that for no, me, No, because man. you're scaring me. Oh, the... You're threatening to kill me and my son. Can you give me okay. the, the well, you, iPad? You, I'll tell you what, you keep smiling, yeah, you're on camera. You keep, you're, you're trying to threaten to kill me. Are you angry? I'm angry. This is bad. This is bad stuff. And she's a teacher. But it gets even uglier. Believe it or not, it gets uglier. Hey, good man. Sign inside for the red box a, right there. For him being a Mexican racist, what is that name? Gasso. It's on the citation, ma'am. Here you go, Mexican racist. You're always going to be a Mexican. You'll never be white. You know that, right? You'll never be white, which is what you really want to be. You there you go, be dear. White. Have you, a good day. You want to be white so bad. The, most of the media are not talking about this story at all. And he, this might be a small reason why. They blurred out the face of the driver. Let's take another look. Okay, she happens to be a person of color. Now, normally, that would make no difference to me. However, in this current climate, the media seem interested in some stories involving some races and not others. Know what I mean? The white police officer charged with murder and the death of an apparently unarmed black man. The police officer, who was white and who was caught on a cell phone recording. The officer who shot and killed him was white. That's when they're interested in race. That's when. All right. And now anyone who is um, felled by police violence is automatically a legend, automatically a hero of national importance. The Reverend Al Sharpton delivered a passionate eulogy in which he called for federal action through the George Floyd Justice in Policing Act. How many funerals do we have to have before we tell the Congress and the Senate that you've got to do something in these times? It's been nearly two weeks since Andrew Brown was killed by deputies as they carried out a warrant. His family has seen some body camera footage, but they want to see more. And a judge delayed the public release of that video. Evidence suggests he was shot from behind. Nobody knows the full story yet. It's still under review. But there's Al Sharpton eulogizing a man he never met. Hmm. All right, then CBS was on to the next uh, crime of the moment. Um, you know, an unfortunate situation. And cops were involved in a lot of unfortunate situations. This time they had to arrest a uh, shoplifter in her 70s who might have had dementia. Take a look at this. Her officer, Daria Jalali, comes around to assist. And that's when you hear a pop. Miss Garner collapses in pain before the officers push her to the ground again. I'm going home, she keeps repeating. This is an 80-pound woman with dementia. She was accused of stealing $13.88 worth of items from the nearby Walmart. Store security caught her, and she returned the items. But despite that, the police officers wanted to arrest her. She was confused and scared. She didn't understand what was going on. I watched the video and I thought to myself, how did he not realize she just keeps saying I'm going home? Maybe, maybe there's something else at play here. As the uh, reporter seemed impartial there, he's about to go to, he's about to break up in tears. Lots of things that we can't see there. Uh, 80 pounds, the cops don't know that. Look, I know it may not be ideal. Mistakes happen suddenly. Mistakes like this are on the national news every single day. And you got people who make many millions of dollars a year sitting back in judgment. 
Yeah, sickening is a word. And, you know, it's not like she was combative when she just said, I'm going home. I mean, to a police officer, though, you're resisting, you're disobeying. Yeah. And that instantly makes it ramp up for many of them. I don't know how you train people in humanity. Yeah. Because when you're looking at that lady, she's 80. Let's start with 80 pounds. Yeah. 80 pounds. She's clearly something is a little different about her. But to throw her on the ground and to handcuff her that way. And listen, I'm very pro-cop. I, I really like police officers, actually. But that you have to have empathy in this job. And they showed that woman no empathy, no respect, no grace, no nothing. She's yes. in that cell with no medical attention. Yes. So that's not a deficit in training. That's a deficit in humanity, as you point out, rightly so. What a bunch of smug experts, huh? How many people have they ever arrested, had to arrest? That is a tough position. And... How about their humanity? How about their empathy for a law enforcement officer? I know she said she likes cops. Lately, it doesn't seem that way, sitting there second-guessing every single time. And yes, she makes $11 million a year. You know how much a cop makes in Loveland, Colorado? A senior police officer makes $62,000 a year. How many multiples of that would it take to get to $11 million? Hmm? A lot. Imagine if the media wore body cameras all the time, if we could see everything that they do, everything that they say. A lot of them, folks, <laughs> are not nice people. Uh, every now and then we get a glimpse of it. We'll see something pop up on TV, on the Internet. Remember when this uh, reporter got really mad at somebody who was just applying makeup to her face, wanted her to make her look better on TV? <laughs> Stuff like this. The Internet is full of moments like this. And sometimes they can be very revealing. We all know about Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, it would have been nice to know about him a lot earlier, don't you think? Well, apparently one reporter wanted to break the story, but they wouldn't let her. I've had the story for three years. I've had this interview with Virginia Roberts. We would not put it on the air. Um, first of all, I was told, who's Jeffrey Epstein? No one knows who that is. This is a stupid story. It was unbelievable what we had. Clinton, we had everything. I, I tried for three years to get it on to no avail, and now it's all coming out, and it's like these new revelations, and I freaking had all of it. All right, so they're not very nice and not very honest either, so it makes total sense that the American people don't trust the mainstream media, huh? Take a look at some of these numbers. 60% of Americans have little to zero trust in the media. That's from Gallup just last year. So they shouldn't be surprised when scenes like this erupt all over the country. <laughs> All right, I got to admit it. It's music to my ears. We'll be right back. We need more than a fox to guard the liberal media. Turn to the smart conservative news that you can trust. Newsmax. Real news for real people. Newsmax cuts through the noise to deliver the inside look and breaking stories you can trust. No bias, no BS. Unintimidated and unafraid. Every minute, every day. Don't get outfoxed. Get the facts. Newsmax. Real news for real people. All I can say is, is that, that the fake news just doesn't get it to them. They don't. All right, folks, the Central Intelligence Agency. Wow, the CIA. That's a big deal operation, right? They recruit the best and the brightest, hopefully. 
how do they get their um, recruits? Where do they come from? Well, there's a big push to get maybe not necessarily the best, maybe not necessarily the brightest, but uh, those who may look or think about their ethnicity a whole lot. Take a look at this, a new recruitment video put together by the Central Intelligence Agency. Nothing about me was or is tragic. I am perfectly made. I can wax eloquent on complex legal issues in English while also belting Guayaquil de mis amores in Spanish. I can change a diaper with one hand and console a crying toddler with the other. I'm a woman of color. I am a mom. I am a cisgender millennial who's been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. Do you want somebody with a general anxiety disorder working for the CIA? Hey, we all have our hangups. I get it. But uh, I don't know. Dwelling on person of color, changing a diaper for a kid and uh, whatever, uh, making another one feel good with that. None of this has to do with protecting America, does it? None of it. There's more. I am intersectional, but my existence is not a box-checking exercise. I am a walking declaration, a woman whose inflection does not rise at the end of her sentences, suggesting that a question has been asked. I did not sneak into CIA. My employment was not and is not the result of a fluke or slip through the cracks. I earned my way in, and I earned my way up the ranks of this organization. I am educated, qualified, and competent. Nobody said you weren't educated or you got in by a fluke, okay? You said you're intersectional. Uh, oh, and by the way, earlier she said she's cisgender. Um, I don't know why they're talking about this, but that basically means she identifies as a woman. We saw that right away. And she is a woman. And I identify as, it's all nonsense, more. I used to struggle with imposter syndrome, but at 36, I refuse to internalize misguided patriarchal ideas of what a woman can or should be. I am tired of feeling like I'm supposed to apologize for the space I occupy rather than intoxicate people with my effort, my brilliance. I am proud of me. Full stop. Full stop. And by the way, where is she? The CIA or some elementary school? Take this full. All those things about leadership, it looks like the Girl Scouts or the Boy Scouts or the Cub Scouts. We used to have those things in junior high school. But there it is in the Central Intelligence Agency. Is there anything else uh, from this tape? One more? One more. My parents left everything they knew and loved to expose me to opportunities they never had. Because of them, I stand here today a proud first-generation Latina and officer at CIA. I am unapologetically me. I want you to be unapologetically you, whoever you are. Know your worth. Command your space. For this well, congratulations. I'm sure your parents are, are proud, but uh, all this other stuff is irrelevant. That's the kind of stuff you talk about at Thanksgiving. But not, you know, <laughs> join the CIA. Am I, is it me? Let us know on the website, huh? All right. Joe Biden. <laughs> And his wife made a very peculiar visit to the Carters. I thought this was a wax museum or something like this or some sort of dollhouse. This is one of the weirdest pictures I've ever seen. Joe Biden and Jill Biden last week, I guess in Plains, Georgia, with Jimmy and Rosalind Carter. Okay, the 39th president of the United States meets the 45th president of the United States. Look at that again. 
what's happening in this picture? They look like giant people. It looks like the Bidens are on human growth hormone or something. And notice this, um, everyone's maskless, especially the Bidens, okay? Now, I'm not from the mask police, but the Carters are elderly. They're in their 90s. Joe is not wearing a mask. They're indoors. That's when Joe says you're supposed to wear a mask. And what happens when he leaves with the Carters behind him? Outside? Take a look. Masks suddenly go on. You get the idea that they're playing games with the masks? They certainly are. Are, are you going to be one of these folks now? Are we no longer going to see the president of the United States outside with the mask on? Sure. Sure. I mean, but what I'm going to do, though, when, because the likelihood of my being able to be outside and people not come up to me is not very, very high. So it's like, look, you and I took our masks off when I came in because look at the distance we are. But if we were, in fact, sitting there talking to one another close, I'd have my mask on and I met you'd have a mask, even though we've both been vaccinated. And so it's, it's, it's a small precaution to take that has a profound impact. It's a patriotic responsibility, for God's sake. All right, one more time. Can I see the picture of Joe Biden with the Carters? Because they're very, very close, indoors. And he said he would wear a mask under those circumstances. So the guy is all over the place. It doesn't add up quite clearly. All right. Now, here's somebody you may not have heard of, but he's very, very important. And you may become very well acquainted with him in the years ahead. His name is Hans Ford Wies. So he's a Swiss billionaire, not as well known as George Soros or Tom Steyer. He's got a Harvard MBA, made his money in medical devices. Uh, he sold his company to Johnson & Johnson, made a fortune. Political activism is his thing. Uh, it's channeled through a daisy chain of opaque organizations that mask the ultimate recipients of his money. The New York Times has done some reporting on this. Pretty good reporting, actually. The Vies Foundation says it works with communities to expand economic opportunity and reducing inequalities, such as by promoting fair lending practices and policies that help families save and build wealth, helping build a society where women are empowered and have equal opportunities, supporting a democracy that is inclusive, fair, and uncompassionate, such as by ensuring humane treatment of refugees and immigrants, but quietly became one of the most important donors to left-leaning advocacy groups and an increasingly influential force among Democrats, one major beneficiary is Center for Budget and Policy Priorities. Jared Bernstein is a senior fellow at CBPP. Bernstein is on Biden's Council of Economic Advisors. So Hansberg Wies is possibly one of the most important and powerful people you've never heard of. And we expect to be seeing even greater influence in the years ahead. Keep that in mind. And we'll be right back with that kid who got shut down by his professor just for supporting cops. Stay with us. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere. Kind of scary, but it's a good question. Who's in charge down there? Is it Joe Biden? Nobody thinks so. Nobody thinks so. Want to bring in Emerald Robinson, our chief White House correspondent, for more on who's really in charge down there. Emerald. Welcome back. Great to see you. Who is in charge? 
Thanks, Eric. Well, yesterday we talked about the president's light schedule and asked, well, if he's not doing it, who is? So tonight, let's take a look at Vice President Kamala Harris. Now, President Biden has many times mistakenly referred to President Harris, and even his own White House has dictated that the government agencies and each member of the cabinet refer to the Biden administration as the Biden-Harris administration. Listen. For the Biden-Harris administration. During the Biden-Harris administration. Yeah, Biden-Harris administration. Under the Biden-Harris administration. The Biden-Harris administration. The Biden-Harris administration. And Greg, the media has joined in on the chorus following along with this White House directive. Listen. The Biden-Harris team. The Biden-Harris administration. The Biden-Harris administration. The Biden-Harris administration. The Biden-Harris administration. The Biden-Harris administration's. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said this is nothing more than a reflection of the important role that Harris will play going forward, but she's already playing an important role. In fact, she has more authority than most vice presidents in the past. Let's take a look at some of the one-on-one -on -one calls she's already had with many key foreign leaders. That includes six different countries, France, Israel, the Republic of Congo, Canada, Australia, and Denmark. Now, this is... Uh, even particularly more interesting or more unusual, according to former White House officials from many different administrations that I talked to, because it includes two members of the Five Eyes Alliance, being Canada and Australia. Very odd. Washington Post even noted how unusual it was that the new vice president was holding so many independent calls with foreign leaders. That's just something that Vice President Mike Pence or other or his predecessors did. But it really raised eyebrows on the international stage when Vice President uh, Harris was the one to greet Japan's prime minister, uh, Yoshihide Suga, in what has been the one and only in-person bilateral meeting. Of course, Japan is a key ally, and many Republicans jumped on that, suggesting it was disrespectful to, to Japan. But many sources I talked to said that the Japanese didn't exactly see it as disrespectful. They took it as that President Biden wasn't actually up to doing it himself, something that seems to be uh, consistent on the world stage. Now, when we talk about President Harris and her her making decisions or leading the White House, I think it's important to keep in mind that uh, Kamala Harris is in many ways, Greg, a reflection of President Obama. She was his pick. She was essentially dictated to President Biden. And we'll get more into that tomorrow. Looking forward, I never noticed that. The Biden-Harris administration, they say it all yes. the They never called it the Obama-Biden administration. You know the only one who called it that? Joe Biden. Uh, Biden. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. All right. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow, Emerald. Thank you very much. Uh, we're happy that Mark Meadows, former White House chief of staff, former congressman representing uh, Western North Carolina, joins us once again. Mr. Meadows, welcome back. Uh, I'm sorry, but it was never Thank the Trump. It was never the tr great to see you, sir. It was never the Trump Pence administration. I mean, they just didn't call it that. Nobody did. Well, that's because Donald Trump uh, was sitting in the Oval Office and actually making the decisions. You know, here we see a lot of decisions that are coming out. And if you look at, at the fingerprint on many of those, you know, it's not a, a moderate Joe Biden fingerprint. It's actually a leftist socialist uh, Kamala Harris fingerprint. And, and so to see them referring to this in an intentional way uh, is really all about them trying to set it up to pass the baton to uh, Kamala Harris, who obviously is calling the shots behind the scenes. Wow. And uh, apparently, in some ways, she's already doing the job. I mean, that's, that's what it feels like. And that's what it sounds like 
Take a listen, sir. Harris-Biden administration is going to relaunch that effort. President-elect Harris took it, took hers today for the same reason. Now, when President Harris and I took uh, a virtual tour of a vaccination center in Arizona. A Harris administration together with Joe Biden. Wow. You know, at first I thought that was just Joe being, you know, foggy. But now after Emerald's report, knowing what we that this is really a thing. The power is not with Joe. It seems to be clearly with Kamala. Wow. Well, you know, once or twice you can chalk it up to a mistake and perhaps a slip of the tongue. But now what we see is this is more of an intentional effort on their part. Uh, to to bring not only Kamala Harris's name into the equation, but her ideological uh, viewpoint as well. And so when when we start to see this, uh, it, it's interesting because her travel as they travel together uh, is really diminished. Uh, when you start to see it, you know you can say it's a, a puppet, uh, and maybe she's actually the puppet ma a meister. Uh, but I can tell you, she's pulling the strings with her left hand, not her right hand, because she's pulling Joe Biden more to the left each and every day. Question: Is this constitutional? I mean, Joe Biden is still, for as far as we know, I mean, still capable. Well, you know, Joe is Joe. But is this legal? I mean, could a case be made that the vice president should not be fulfilling presidential duties if that's actually happening? I know the president has a lot of latitude, can assign the vice president to do all kinds of things. But I don't know. Is there a limit? Well, listen, what, what we do know is there's great latitude in terms of what they can uh, assign her. Uh, they've actually given her two jobs that she hasn't done. One was going to the border and being a border czar. The other was this new job czar that, that candidly, we've seen more of her giving speeches than actually doing the job. And yet what we also see is this uh, behind the scenes uh, really shadow government on behalf of Kamala Harris, where she's actually looking at this from a foreign policy standpoint, uh, engaging on domestic policy. And, and when we start to see her come out and, and say the Harris administration like she has, uh, you know, it's not just a slip of the tongue. It's, it's obviously in her mindset, the way that she's viewing this. Hey, it should be troubling to all Americans. Well, she has no business having a big head. She got like two votes if any, I think she got zero votes. She never made it to the primary. She never made it to Iowa. She was that bad a candidate. Uh, by the way, she is acting like a head of state. $310 million just sent to Central America. This is the kind of thing I think is uh, the job of a president to at least announce. But here's uh, the Veep. Last week, I had a bilateral meeting with the Guatemalan president. And we agreed to strengthen cooperation to shut down human traffickers and smugglers. In just a few days, I will meet virtually with the president of Mexico. And in a month from now, I will visit both countries. For our part, the United States has announced that we will send an additional $310 million to the region. Oh, boy. She's got it, and she knows it, and she wants everybody else to know it. Boasting, that's like boasting. She knows that people like us are looking at this very carefully. And there she is saying, I talked to the Mexican president. I talked to that president. I'm going there next month. Mark, this is pretty wild. She's that 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 arrogance, that hubris. This is real. 
Well, it is real. The, the interesting fact is not just $300 million that are, is going down to the Northern Triangle. It's, it's really her worldview on what she believes America to be uh, really all about. And, and when we see that, you know, she's blaming all of what we're seeing at the southern border on climate change that somehow we haven't adapted, that the Northern Triangle hasn't adapted to climate uh, change. And that's why we're seeing it. It's really all about her policy and, and the policy that she wants to make sure that she leaves as a legacy behind when uh, 2024 comes about. Wild. All right. Well, we miss your ex-boss and uh, give him our best. You'll probably be talking to him before we do. Mark Meadows, we appreciate it so much. To be continued, sir, former chief of staff to President Trump, former member of Congress. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'll talk to him tonight and pass on your well wishes. Oh, many thanks, sir. And we'll be right back. <music> Folks, you're looking at Braden Ellis. He is a freshman at Cypress College in Cypress, California. That's in Southern California. And I think there's a good chance he's going to be president of the United States someday. He was so cool and calm with the most obnoxious professor in the universe. We'll get to that in a moment. But first, Braden, uh, welcome to Newsmax. How are you? Thank you, Greg. I appreciate it. I'm great. And uh, thank you for having me on the show. You bet. My introduction might have been a little bit over the top, but I am genuinely <laughs> impressed with how you handled yourself in the most bizarre situation. So first off, if you don't mind, tell us what your assignment was uh, and what was happening in the clip we're about to see. Sure. I, I gave a speech that day to my verbal communications class about cancel culture, and I brought up to the class in a six-minute speech about the Paw Patrol and Live PD that got canceled during the summer of George Floyd. And then you go into a 10-minute Q&A with professor and the students, and they can ask me whatever questions they want. And the professor brought up police, and at first it started okay. Then I saw the liberal bias creep in, and then it turned into her opinion versus my opinion, and uh, I listened to her, but I don't think I got that on the other side, clearly. All right. No, you didn't. I saw this, I'll admit, and uh, well, let's take a look at round one. Um, and by the way, forgive me, but what is your teacher's name? Uh, that's actually been missing from a lot of the media reports. So I don't give out her name just due to the privacy, but uh, a lot of people have asked, and I just don't give the name out. Well, shucks. All right. Well, while we run this, uh, we'll be Googling again, trying to find it. Uh, but here we go again. Round one. I think cops are heroes and they have to have a difficult job, but we have to have all of them. Life. Oh, I, I'm not. I mean, I'd say uh, a good majority of them. You have bad people in every business and every yet, part. Yeah. Well, wait, 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 wait. Police officers have committed atrocious crimes and have gotten away with it and have never been convicted of any of it. And, and I say for the person who has family members who are police officers. Yes, I, I, I understand. That's the part that really, quite frankly, impressed me about you. You know what I mean? You seem like the university professor, uh, the university president even, and this kid is just like some defiant creep who wants to get kicked out of class. But she's the instructor. What were your thoughts at this point? Well, I saw that uh, it was about me versus her in this argument, and I wanted to hear her out. But I also want to say that, you know, I showed this video to the news media because I want to show America what it's like to be a conservative Christian teenager 
in college, and I'm sure it's in high school and middle school too, and you see how this liberal indoctrination is going across America and our education system, and basically that they teach you what to think, not how to think. I take it there's no possibility that she was just testing you, pushing you, trying to get you to defend your argument as, as, as some instructors can do, and there, there are valid reasons for doing that, playing you know, the role of devil's advocate. Yeah, and I've heard that question before, but in the longer clip, and maybe you have it, uh, she says, I don't trust the police. I wouldn't call them. I wouldn't call anybody. I would just stay there, and uh, it would be my time to go. Well, and then, in my opinion, that's a sad response. Yep, uh, and, uh, and here we go with that clip. Take it. What is and your bottom line point? You're saying police officers should be revered, viewed as heroes? They I, go I long on TV shows with children? That's I think they are heroes in a sense because they come to your need and they come and help you and they have a problem just like every other business, but we should fix that. But I think they're, they're heroes. Well, they're, I think that's uh, the problem is looking at it as a business because they're actually supposed to protect and serve the people. They not do the protect public. us. Uh, wow, she's really doubling down on this. And, uh, you know, you're right. It was very decent of you, by the way. Here you are kind of decrying cancel culture, you're highlighting this and you're not promoting cancel culture yourself. I respect your decision. You know her name. You're not releasing it. And quite frankly, the media, they don't have it. And some of them don't want it. I want it. But anyway, very interesting. Uh, By the way, you did have some uh, supporters to a a certain extent in the classroom. We're going to show a clip from one of the others. But just tell us about the, the vibe you were getting from other students. Uh, basically, I would say uh, to the other students that were in my class, I had one guy that was in a clip that basically said, you know, I may not like what you have to say, but um, you're allowed to say it. And I think that's a very uh, key thing for America. And basically, after this video was released, a lot of people have gone into my social media from my class and said quietly that they do support me. So um, the support has been great. And I've been maybe 99 to 98% support on this uh, topic that I've been talking about. So it's been great, Greg. It's pretty wild, though, that you got to pull somebody aside or send them a a private message on Facebook. Hey, I think you're okay supporting the cops. You know, I'm with you on that one, but don't tell anybody. (laughs) Uh, Hey, here's your your, uh, colleague. Again, he doesn't agree with you, but let's face it, he's an all right guy, even though he doesn't agree with you. Here's what he had to say. That it's not popular for me to say that to you guys and, and people in here, but that's what I believe about the police. Okay, and, thank you. I appreciate um, it. Thank you, thank guys you very much for listening to my point. I appreciate it. Thanks. I will say, yeah, I'm glad you did say that, even if I disagree with you. It's important. Yeah, that, and we right. should fight for the right for people to say things that we don't even like, right? I may not agree with what you say, but I'll fight for your right to say it. Amen. Brother. Within some Amen. extent. All right. Very nice. Very nice sentiment. Although a lot of passive aggressiveness from your teacher. Once again, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Which is code basically for shut up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally. And uh, and I'll, I'll add that uh, I was cut off a couple times and, you know, it's sad. The liberals really preach diversity throughout campuses in America. But when it comes to Republicans, Christians, free thinkers, or sometimes white people, uh, it really doesn't go that way. Well, I'm glad you're on the scene and moving through the ranks and standing firm, uh, Braden, very much. This teacher is on leave at this point. And uh, anything else you know, uh, 
life goes on for you all as well? Well, you mentioned presidency. We'll see. Uh, we may have to get Trump and DeSantis back in there in 2024. So I'd like to see that first. And then uh, maybe I'll see my chances with the presidency. Hey, sooner than you think, 18 years or so, by my calculation, you'll be eligible. Many thanks, uh, Braden Ellis, freshman at Cypress College in California, to be continued for sure. And we'll be right back. Speed limit is 40, and I was going 38, so why are you harassing me? You are me? correct. I pulled you over because, because you're a murderer. Because uh, yes, I started to record because you can't you're a murderer. Be a, you can't be on your cell phone I, I while you're driving. I was on my phone. I was recording you because you scared you can't, me. You can't use your cell I phone while you're recording. I can record you. May I have your driver's license? I, it's, it's at my apartment. What's your apartment? It's at my home. I'm just taking my son to his Do you therapy. have a, Do you have your driver's license? I, it, I mistakenly left it at home. Okay, the first time she called me a murderer, I think I would have locked her up. <laughs> Good thing I'm not uh, that officer who was so cool and so controlled. That happened, uh, should have been a routine traffic stop. Actually, these kind of traffic stops are becoming more and more routine. Happened in Los Angeles County. For To discuss this and more, let's bring in our panel. We have Mark Simone, iHeartRadio talk show host, host of The Mark Simone Show, as well as Harrison Floyd, former executive director, Black Voice for Trump and managing partner, at Commonwealth International. I knew it was bad out there for cops, but this bad, wow. And I personally blame the media. Harrison Floyd, your thoughts, please, sir. Oh, you're, well, first, uh, thanks for having me again, Greg. It's great to be with you. Uh, you're exactly right. The media is to blame for this. Uh, we saw this not too long ago with uh, the lieutenant in the army, and now we're seeing it with teachers, educators. And uh, it's really sad to see this going on um, in our country. We have average everyday folks who now want to take liberties uh, with law enforcement and causing uh, these issues to happen. And Mark, you know, again, we're every media every night, every day, all day long, they're highlighting any mistake, uh, real, alleged that the police may or may not have made body cameras everywhere. Everyone is kind of constantly fed this uh, this stuff that the cops are bad. It's uh, in a weird way. This is totally expectable. Hey, I love this woman. This is why we take calls on the radio, just to get people this stupid to call up, just to be an example of how not to behave in life. Like you mentioned saying the cop, I don't have a driver's license. I'm on my way to vote. I didn't bring it with me. Uh, I mean, <laughs> this is ridiculous. And, you know, it's not just the media. Joe Biden is responsible for this. He promised to unite us. This is the moment where you got to go on television and address the nation and say, this has got to stop this war with the police. It's got to stop. This is this is the worst thing that's that could happen in this country right now. You're damn right. Wow. What great advice would that be? Because we're the media wants us at each other's throats and it looks like he, it's working. And I don't like that one bit. Uh, boy, don't you think? Mr. Floyd, I mean, if Joe Biden could do that, that would be a moment. That could work. Uh, well, he said he wanted to bring the country together and unify it. So this would absolutely be a great time for him to do something like that. But I don't see foresee him doing anything like that. Uh, you know, and it's not just with the police. We recently saw with uh, Senator Tim Scott after his uh, rebuttal, uh, he was called racial slurs by people who didn't look like him, Uncle Tom, etc. So this is really uh, the incivility in this country is really just getting out of hand. And by the way, this is uh, an issue. <laughs> people of all 
different, who, who don't look like each other, agree uh, that it's time to come together and this anti-cop rhetoric is enough. We have this clip from a Georgia police officer, Kevin Dingle. You can feel his pain. You can feel his frustration. This has been viewed at least two million times and counting. It's gone mega viral. Take a look. I'm tired. I am so goddamn tired. I wake up every morning and kiss my family goodbye. Knowing that there's a possibility I won't come home. I am tired of every time I wake up in the morning, there's someone else polarizing the fact that maybe law enforcement is just not a good thing. All of us are not bad. I am not as they are. Most of us are not. There are bad people in every career. I'm so goddamn tired. 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 Wow. Uh, yeah, you know. A couple of years ago, you walked down the street in a police uniform. You were applauded. You were appreciated. Now they take out their phones, taunt you, and try to catch you doing something. Mark, that was that was powerful. Very powerful. Hey, uh, we, we love cops, Law and Order, uh, NYPD Blue, Blue Bloods. We we love these shows. This is where Joe Biden or Kamala Harris, somebody's got to step up and say, this war on uh, the finest public servants we have has got to stop. It's the only thing standing between us and total chaos in this country. You know, the first incident, that cop bought his own body cam. She filed a complaint against him. If he hadn't bought that body cam, who knows what would have happened to this guy? It's got to stop. There's no leadership on this from Joe Biden, the White House, or anybody in the administration. That's the problem. Mark Simone, Harrison Floyd, thank you both very much. Uh, to be continued for sure. Love you guys, and uh, see you again soon. We'll be right back. Ultimately, I'm always right. Hey, some 45th president news. Okay, he is kind of back on social media. Kind of. All right. He, got, he has a, a website, a new website that is tailor-made to be tweeted or Facebooked, unlike his old website. Uh, here's the president. Consign him and those who supported him in the Senate to the trash of history. Twitter permanently banning the commander-in-chief's personal account with 88 million followers. All right, kind of impressive. So you go to DonaldJTrump.com and they just have this new feature where it's easier to tweet and it's easier to Facebook the material that you'll get from DonaldJTrump.com. Uh, there could be some more stuff coming. Actually, we really are expecting more social media developments, maybe his own platform, one that you can join, that kind of thing down the road. In the meantime, thanks for watching and Stinchfield is next.